Amen. God's good to us. Turn to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. Very familiar scripture. 1 Kings chapter 18. Our pastor, as I was in the prayer mentioning that he's over in revival this week at Yankee Hill. And it's, again, it's just been capacity crowds each night. And uh, was able to go there on Monday night and he preached out of this text. He preached a, a different message. He preached about the fire falling. And uh, show you how God works. Uh, he had this message on his heart and gets to the house of God there on Monday night. And up in front of the altar... A young person from their church decided to uh, put wood in the shape of like a little campfire, and they had uh, these prayer requests and stuff on this on this altar that this young man had built. And uh, he had it laid on his heart. He said, "If we're going to," and this is what he said before even Calvary got there over the weekend. He said, "If we're going to see the fire fall, we got to have everything in the right order. We got to have everything in the right perspective." And here Calvary comes and preach about the fire falling. And man, it did over there on Monday night and, and had one rededicated their life to the Lord. And we're hearing great reports over at Swagger Valley, people being saved over there with Mike McCoy. And God's good, isn't he? He's wanting to, he's wanting to send the fire. He's wanting to send the spirit. And tonight, uh, again, a familiar passage of scripture. I just hope you would stick with me for a little bit here as we uh, preach on uh, the subject, make it rain, make it rain. And Elijah said unto Ahab... Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Um, I, I don't want to belabor the story, but I, I, sometimes I think we take for granted that people that have been in church for a length of time, you know what's going on. And, and, but I got some, we have to understand that there's a lot of people that just don't know the stories of the Bible, like some of us that have been raised in church. And I, I don't mean that negative at all. It's just the fact that you haven't had time to learn the stories. Uh, but so I want to give you just a quick background of what's going on here. We're introduced to Elijah in first Kings 17, uh, when he's, of course, he's a prophet of God and, uh, the prophecy has come and he pronounces in verse one of chapter 17, that there would be no rain nor dew on the earth for three and a half years. And here again, the children of Israel are in rebellion, and God decides to use Elijah to pronounce a, a judgment upon them, and there would be a drought and a famine for three and a half years. Of course, at the, on the throne at this time is a man by the name of Ahab. And of course, most people know who Ahab is, but they really know who his wife is, and her name is Jezebel. And you'll find out the, how evil Jezebel is because I've never heard any other woman ever in the history of time named Jezebel, right? There's only been one Jezebel. I've heard people call other women Jezebels, but anyway, I won't, I'll move on from that. So we know in 1 Kings 17 how the story goes. Elijah, of course, is at a brook. The brook dries up because of the, of the famine and the, uh, the drought. And we know he goes to a widow's house and there the widow's prepared and and uh, you know the story about the sticks and, and making a cake for Elijah and how the Lord provided for this, for this young uh, lady and her son and how the meal never, never wasted the oil, never ran out and thank God for that. And so we, we have here that uh, the Bible says in chapter 18 at the beginning of this that um, after three years, 
God speaks to Elijah again and says, I want you to go to Ahab and, and tell him I will send rain upon the earth. And, but the problem is there was a condition to this happening. And so he goes to Ahab and, and we, we see the quarrel begin to happen. We see the, uh, the, the fight among the gods. We know that Elijah serves the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords. And Ahab and the prophets of Baal have their own prophet, their own God called Baal. And so we have this contest that begins to happen. And so Elijah says, here's what we're going to do to prove who is the real God. Let's have a little contest. And so the prophets of Baal begin to build their altar and begin to uh, build their sacrifice. And they begin to call upon their God. They're trying to call fire down. And, and of course, we know it didn't happen, right? And, the, and then in, in a, with a sense of humor, uh, I believe, Elijah almost says, you know, well, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you need to yell a little louder. You know, and so it begins to make fun of them for not being able to call down who, uh, the fire who they, who they feel like he, they can call down the fire. So they begin, they begin to cut themselves and go to extreme measures. And of course, we know the end of the story. Nothing happens. And then Elijah, the Bible says, tells them to get water and to pour on the altar that he made. They got the wood in order. They got the altar in order. And the Bible says that he prayed 63 words and when he prayed those words the bible says the fire of god fell and it fell so much and it fell so powerful and so hot that the bible says that it licked up the altar the sacrifice it licked up the dust it licked up the water the trench of water that was around everything that was on that altar or around that altar was consumed with fire and so from that point on we know what the the the, the nation said and the province of Baal said and Ahab there was no doubt that Elijah's God was the God of all gods and so that's the background and the announcement of rain happens here as in verse 41. And we know that when the 450 prophets of Baal, uh, you know, are, are there and their sacrifice, their fire doesn't fall. And of course the water and the, uh, the, is licked up by the fire. Then Elijah kills all the prophets of Baal. And then in verse 41, our text verse, we see that Elijah begins to announce the, 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 the abundance of rain. He says, Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink. Get ready for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now I want you to notice this. The announcement of rain, this is the first point. The announcement of rain did not come and rain was not going to fall until there was repentance. Repentance. After Israel had turned back to God, then God said, that's when I'm going to send the rain. Now you say, well, Brian, that's elementary. But what you don't understand is the rain preceded, was preceded by repentance. The rain and the drought happened because of rebellion to God. But when they repented, then the rain fell. Hey, listen, folks, we, this is pretty simple preaching, but I think you're going to understand this tonight. If we want the rain, if we want the presence of God to fall among us and among our community and in our churches in these last days, we're going to have to repent. We're going to have to turn back to God. And it will not happen until we turn back to God. What does the rain represent? It represents restoration. It represents the blessings of God. It represents prosperity with God. It represents restoring and redemption. And listen, the rain of God will not fall until we get back to God and repent. 
This world is probably in the most wicked state it's ever been in the history of time. And until our nation and until our world turns back to God, there will be no hope for this world. But I got good news for you. I got good news for the church. I got good news for Rubyville. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, here's the promise, then will I hear from heaven. And the rain will not fall until we repent. Until we repent. And folks, if we're, if, if we're going to, if we want the presence of God, if we want restoration with God, if we want to see our family saved, it's time for us to stop waiting on God to do the right thing. And it's time for us to stop doing everything that we want to do and expect God to still bless what we're doing. If we want the rain to fall, we got to be repentant. God still demands separation. God still demands holiness. God still demands a close walk. And you can't expect to do anything you want to do outside uh, the bounds of the church or anything you want to do inside your If you do anything against God, the Bible says to him that doeth good and doeth it not to him it is sin. And until you repent of that, you will not receive restoration. You will not receive the blessings of God. Hey, listen, God's good to you and never take for granted the blessing. But I'm telling you, if you want the spigot of blessing to turn off, you just live a life of sin. That's not pleasing to God. And we, God still demands a life of holiness. And it's time we repent and get back to God. So repentance preceded the rain. Secondly, notice the re- God's response. God's response. Verse 41, you know what it says, and Elijah said, get thee up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Now think about this. Elijah is pronouncing this, ju- uh, pronouncing this announcement of rain totally by faith. Is he not? Why would you say that? Because he is acting on a sound and not on a sign. If rain clouds had begun to form, if lightning had begun to flash, if thunder had begun to sound in the clouds, then he wouldn't have to say nothing. The people knew rain was coming. But all they had to do was look around. There was no clouds. There was no, there was bluebird skies. There was no sign of any rain coming at all. The drought was still happening. But the Bible says Elijah heard a sound. And he was acting totally by faith. He was living by faith at that moment. You say, Brian, how was he living by faith? Because if you look at the word sound in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is Q-O-L. And what it literally means is a voice. So it wasn't that he heard thunder in his spirit. It wasn't that he heard lightning in his spirit, Brandon. He heard the voice of God. And when he heard the voice of God, he acted on the voice of God. He couldn't see the rain. He didn't see a cloud at that time. But bless God, he heard a sound on the inside. He heard the voice of God. And that's how you walk by faith. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How are we going to get increased in our faith? We are increased in our faith by hearing the word of God. Amen. 
Elijah did not operate on corporate faith. You'll notice he was the only one, the only one that heard the voice of God that day. And sometimes, folks, if you want rain to happen, if you want rain to happen in your life, if you want the blessings of God, sometimes you may be the only one that hears his voice. But I promise you, if you hear his voice, you act by faith on what he's telling you to do. There may be times when you may feel like the odd man out, but you know it's exactly what God wants you to do. I don't, I don't, wanna, I, I don't wanna make this about, about me and my family, but when we came here 17 years ago, I heard a voice, I heard a sound. And God said, if you want the blessings of me, if you want the blessings of God from my hand, and if you want to prosper spiritually, if you want to be taken care of by my hand, you're going to have to follow me. And you say, Brian, what are you talking about? I'm, saying, I'm talking about leaving where I was raised to come to Rubyville. Dan, I was the only one, the only one in my family that heard the sound. The only one. At that point in time, I couldn't rely on Beach Fork's faith to get me to Rubyville. I had to rely on the faith that I heard a voice. <laughs> and the voice said, take ye and your family. He didn't say it that way. but <laughs> He said, I want you to get up and I want you to go to Rubyville. Now you still remember, that don't seem real difficult. Yeah, it was. If you were there, at that time my son was just born. In fact, the Sunday before I came here, we dedicated him at Beach Fort. And then the next Sunday, I was here. And at that point in time, my, my father-in-law had just gotten saved. He was going to church. And so, on paper, it was the most stupidest, craziest move anyone could ever make. But I heard a voice, Dan. I heard a voice. I heard a sound. And bless God, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my family. Even though they didn't maybe agree at the time, even though they maybe didn't understand, they said they may not have heard the voice, but I heard a voice. I heard a sound, and I followed, and I brought him here, and I can't imagine where I would be if I hadn't listened to the sound. I'm thankful that, thank God, I've been living in the reign of the Holy Ghost because I made the move. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't plan on saying that, but that felt good. Somebody needed to hear that. The re God's response. Then notice Elijah's reaction in verse 42. He told Ahab, go up and eat. So Ahab did. And the Bible says Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. How many of you, how many of you, just by reading that, imagine what he was doing. What, 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 what is that? What, when you're putting your face between your knees, you're on the ground, what, what are you doing? Praying, right? We see him in the posture of prayer. But you'll never read what he prayed for. It's not in there. You'll never read what he said to God. You'll never read, you'll never read that he even said a word. But Mark, he was in the posture of prayer. Yeah. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? 
Well, let, let, me, let me point out this way. We don't know what he did pray for, but we sure did know what he didn't pray for. He didn't pray for rain. Because he already got a sound. And when you get a sound, you don't have to pray for it anymore. It's just a matter of time for the rain starts coming. Amen? But that posture in prayer tells us and shows us this, that after God spoke to him, he spent time with him. And folks, if you want the secret to a powerful prayer life, it comes with secret prayer. If the only prayer you do is when you have an emergency, you don't have a prayer life. You have, in case of emergency, break glass prayer life. But if you truly want power with God, and if you want God to reign in your life, it's going to come with taking time to be in communion with him. Free from distraction, free from everything that the world will try to offer you and get along with God. You may not even have to say a word. We don't know what Elijah, Elijah may not have said one thing, but the fact is he was communing with God. And there's something special just knowing that God is there with you, right? Young people, when I was, when I was dating Heather in the 93, 94, actually for five years we dated before we were married, but during that time, when we first were dating, cell phones were pretty much non-existent. I know. It's terrible, isn't it? Much easier time. Some people did have a bag phone. Remember those? Anybody ever have those? You stuck the antenna on top of the car, and you had a bag, and you prayed that it would work. And we thought, wow. And then, and then the, you know, the big old phones came out, you know. You look like an idiot walking up, you know, with these big things. But when we when were first dating, we would, uh, we pretty much, we talk on the phone all, you know, about every night. And so uh, I actually had to pick up a phone and dial it. And so, uh, if the family wanted to use the phone, they had, you know, to come in and say, I need to use the phone. They just couldn't go on their phone and call somebody. No, they had, there was only one phone. And it seems so long ago, but it wasn't. And so, every night, and, and, and I know you're, I'm going to, some of y'all are going to be like, oh, that's, that's awful. You are, you, you know, you remember when you were dating, you were head over heels in love with somebody. I still am. I still am head over heels. But back then, Dorothy, this is what we would do. I would get on the phone with her and we would talk for a little bit. But then I'm telling you, there would be half hour, an hour. We wouldn't say a word. It would just be this. <laughs> We may be watching the same television show, but you know, she's on the other line, you know, on the other phone. You still there? You still there? Yeah, yeah, sweetheart, I'm still here. Eventually it'll be time to go to bed after three or four hours. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> 
three, four hours of... But Faith, I didn't have to say a word. She didn't have to say a word to me. But it was just comforting to know that she was on the other line, that she was communicating with me and we were communicating with each other and we didn't have to say a word. And folks, there's something about communicating with God and that's the way he wants us, our relationship to be. We should be head over heels in love with our Lord and Savior. So much that we can just turn everything off and not have to say a word, but just knowing he's there. Just knowing he's there. And then so Elijah gets in this posture of prayer. And then Elijah does something kind of odd. Verse 43, he tells his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Now, some people would say, did he say the words go again seven times? No. The servant went seven times. So I don't know what Elijah prayed in that prayer, but somewhere in that prayer, he got a word from God that said, after seven times, something's going to happen. Because why would he say seven? He had it in his spirit. Something in his spirit said seven is the magic number. So he goes back seven times. And you say, why, why, did he, why, couldn't, the, why couldn't the Lord just do it the first time? And listen, we want to we focus on this servant. But why the servant had to go seven times was not about the servant at all. It was about Elijah. Do you realize that up until this point, everything that Elijah had asked for, it had happened immediately? He never had to wait on one thing until now. And see, sometimes when God answers our prayers and he answers them frequently... Sometimes he'll allow a waiting period just to show us he's still in control. <laughs> because sometimes when our prayers are answered and we think, you know what, man, I've got some power. No, you don't. If you think that, God's going to make you wait for a prayer to be answered. Even though the Elijah got the revelation, the rain hadn't come yet. Why? Because God made him wait just a little longer for the rain to come. Hey, listen, folks, sometimes God allows a waiting period, but it doesn't mean he's denied you. It just means he's delayed to show you he's still in control. Hallelujah. And so Elijah received this revelation. The rain hadn't come yet. It was in God's timing. Then finally notice the reward. Verse 44, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And look at what he said. Go up, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. He said, Master, I see a little cloud 
the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, hallelujah, that's all I need. <laughs> that's all I need to know that the rain is coming. Sometimes, folks, we neglect the small things in life, but don't neglect the small thing. Sometimes the small things will reward us the biggest blessings if we just believe in what the Lord has promised us. Hallelujah, he saw a storm in, this, in, this, in that little bit, bitty, bitty cloud, and I'm so thankful sometimes the things that seem so insignificant God can use those and pour out his blessings upon us. Hallelujah. A little cloud was all he needed. He saw a big storm in that little cloud. And look at what happened. Look, look, look at what he was able to do. He told Ahab to get the chariot. That the rain stopped me not. And that's exactly what he did in verse 45. Ahab, there, there, there come the the black with clouds and the wind, there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel at 17 miles from where they were at. And look at what happened in verse 46. Let me show you what God can do. We always talk about the rain coming, but we don't talk about what happened in verse 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Ahab may have had an advantage, but Elijah had acceleration. You say, what are you talking about, Brian? Read what I just said. Ahab was on a chariot. He had a head start. And God gave Elijah supernatural strength to run 17 miles and outrun a chariot. And he made it to Jezreel before Ahab did. Folks, I'm telling you, you better get ready and buckle up. God's about ready to accelerate your life. You've been waiting on the rain to fall. You've been praying. God's delayed it. But thank God, hallelujah, he's getting ready to accelerate your ministry. He's getting ready to accelerate your blessing. Just when you think it couldn't happen, bless God, the rain is going to fall. Hallelujah. See what we need to pray tonight? We need to pray, Lord, make it rain. Make it rain on Rubyville. We've been waiting for over two years for the rain to fall. We've been put in a holding pattern for two years. Rubyville, you better get ready. God's gonna make up for lost time. He is, bless the Lord, haven't you seen it? God's moving, people are saved. People are coming back to church over 500 Sunday morning. The crowds are gonna keep getting bigger. I've had promises from people that have never been to the house of God that's gonna start going to church. Why? Because God about ready to send the rain. Hallelujah. And if we want the rain, we better repent. We better get right with God. Amen. Amen. Get your families right with God. Make sure your family's right with God. Send them a text this week. Write them a letter. Send them a card. Whatever you need to do. But make sure they get to the house of God. Make sure they know that Jesus is coming back. And the rain of judgment is going to fall. The fire of judgment's about ready to fall. And we need the presence of Almighty God more than we've ever needed it before. Hallelujah. Lord, let the rain fall. Make it rain. Hannah, would you come and sing an invitation song? Your heads are bowed tonight. How many by an uplifted hand would say, Brian, I want my prayer. I want my prayer over these next few weeks to be simply this, Lord, make it rain. Would you raise your hand and say, Lord, make it rain. 
Make it rain in my life. Make it rain. Lord, I want your spirit. I want your blessing. I want your restoration. I want my family to be saved. I want you to accelerate what you've been doing in my life. Lord, make it rain. I've had to wait, but I want it to rain. Hallelujah. Lord, I see a little cloud and I know it's coming. I know you've already revealed to me that you're going to send the rain, but Lord, hallelujah, would you help me? I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to communicate with you. I'm going to get along with you. Lord, make it rain. Make it rain. Lord, make it rain. I need your presence. I need your spirit.